to episode number 61 of the Connected Aircraft Podcast. Today is Thursday, June 17th. I'm your host, Woodrow Bellamy III. On today's episode, we will be featuring another exciting session from our recent Connected Aviation Intelligence webcast. This is a good way to get some of the information from some of the airline and other speakers featured as part of Connected Aviation Intelligence this year especially if you miss the live version. So today we are featuring a question and answer session with Sam Crower. He's the senior product owner for in-flight connectivity at Air France KLM Group, one of the largest airlines in Europe. This session was moderated again by my colleague, Mark Holmes, who is the editorial director for Via Satellite. During the Q&A, you'll learn a little bit about the Air France KLM in-flight internet strategy, business model, and some of Sam's thoughts about whether or not low Earth orbit satellites, a topic we featured on last week's episode, so go check that out if you haven't had a chance yet, but you'll learn about whether or not Sam and Air France KLM see low Earth orbit satellite connectivity ultimately disrupting the current in-flight connectivity service provider and solution provider ecosystem. So without any further delay, let's get into today's episode featuring Air France KLM. Good morning, good afternoon everybody. Hope you're hope you're all well. Hope you've been enjoying the event event so far. We've actually come to the last session, would you believe? Time has absolutely flown by over the first uh, two or three days. I'd like to say a big thank you to Woodrow and Tina for that great first session. A really interesting case study. We stay in Europe, which is good for me, uh, for our final piece of, of content. And we talk with one of Europe's biggest airlines about IFC. What a good way to end the event. Um, Sam Crower is the uh, senior product owner in flight connectivity uh, for the Air France uh, KLM group. And we're going to dig into their connectivity strategy. So let's get started. Before we start, um, just a reminder, um, this is very interactive. We've had lots of questions over the last uh, two or three days. So if you wish to ask uh, a question, uh, please do so via the comments and we'll hopefully get those to, to Sam a bit later. So one final push. Let's get some good questions for Sam. Uh, while we're waiting for you to come up with those great questions, I shall come up with one or two myself. I'm actually going to start, Sam, I had a list of questions for you. I know we, we discussed this, but I've got to go back to yesterday. That, that big uh, Leo panel that we did, SpaceX Telesat, basically saying this market's going Leo in the next 10 years, 90% plus. Um, from an airline perspective, I mean, not just necessarily an Air France KLM perspective, what do you think about that? Do you see this market going completely in that direction or do you think that's maybe a little bit too optimistic well first of all thanks for having me mark and uh, just to say hi to everyone and indeed uh, please post all your questions because i i would love to hear what your uh, what your interests are and what you would like to know from my friends klm and our strategy um but to to get to your question on uh, i i just listened to yesterday's talk this morning uh, and it was indeed very interesting and some very uh, um, almost provocative uh, statements were, were being made uh, by Starlink. Uh, very interesting. I totally believe that uh, Leo is um, is going to be of, of great interest for us as being an airline. Of course, we as airline are not really the satellite experts. 
but we follow these trends with uh, great interest. And um, yeah, I think one of the biggest challenges that we have in the world of IFC is the fact that uh, that we have relatively high latency. And uh, as far as I understand the technology, Leo is capable of solving that problem for us, uh, which is uh, which is I think quite interesting because it it, it really drives the perceived uh, experience on board. Um, when we interview customers, this is the feedback that we get, or at least we derive that the, the latency is one of the, the biggest issues. So uh, I'm not sure about the, the 90% statement that uh, Jonathan made, if I uh, if I recall correctly, if we actually will be for 90% on, uh, on Leo satellites in, in 10 years. I hope so. That would be great. Uh, but certainly it will improve the customer experience significantly. And uh, I, th I think also Manic mentioned, uh, and that was uh, in fact new for me, that uh, Leo satellites could also solve the, the no coverage uh, uh, issues we have uh, uh, around polar areas, which is um, basically routes that we fly on quite uh, quite a lot uh, as being Air France and KLM. Uh, on our North Atlantic routes, we fly them a lot. And it is a, is a pain for our customers when the connectivity drops uh, after uh, you, you reach both the Arctic Circle. So um, yeah, let's hope that Leo can uh, can fix this problem for us and for our passengers, of course. Of course, and yeah, great opening comments. I'm just going to go back to a question. Um, I can't, I think I asked this one yesterday to our uh, Leo panelists, but uh, I get some sort of views with you. I mean, Norm Houghton um, from Air Canada, someone we know well, who's spoken at this event a couple of times, um, said at our Satellite 2021 Digital Leo Forum that once the Leo constellations are in place, he can see quite easily Air Canada moving to a Leo-based solution. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, the, these constellations are being built out uh, right now. Um, once they are built out, I mean, that's an Air Canada view. What's an Air France KLM view? Is that is that something you can see an airline like yourselves moving fairly quickly to? Yeah, I think we in our strategy we work uh, as, as as you might know with with many of the IFC providers in the market. Well, I think all the major providers uh, we work with, we are partnering with either on Air France or KLM or for both of the airlines uh, and we choose them wisely i would say we work with the the, the most ambitious part, partners in the market so we expect them to hop on this uh, this, this leo bus as well uh, and, and and take us along with them so in that sense yes um and uh, well but let's see let's see when the first commercial flights will being uh, being flown on, uh, on on leo satellites and what the uh, what the results are and i think then we can follow fairly quickly for sure Okay, let's talk a little bit about your connectivity roadmap. I mean, we, we, I'm sure um, Leo may well come up again in, in in some of the answers, but but you know we all know that it's been a challenging time for for airlines. Planes have been grounded. Um, obviously, there's financial constraints in terms of what airlines are able to to invest in in the moment. Um, tell us a little bit about you know Air France KLM's connectivity roadmap. Um, over the next few years, where you are and, and how you might invest in the technology going forward? Uh, I think we uh, we started our our connectivity journey relatively early, starting with the, seven, the 787 uh, aircraft uh, mainly connected with, uh, with Panasonic. Um, and we, we tried a couple of different things. As uh, we explored different options, we, we tried to come up with a, with a good strategy uh, we we try to build our own connectivity portal as uh, as being the entry point for the connectivity. We've tried working with off-the-shelf solutions from our providers, and I think we kind of found our way through. And we definitely choose the direction to 
to be consistent for the user. So from uh, uh, I think what we do quite uniquely in uh, for, for in the airline uh, business is we build our connectivity platform and connectivity portal ourselves, uh, mainly to be consistent for the customer. Where we work with these different connectivity providers, we want to offer the same user experience on every flight. Uh, not bother the customer with the fact that we use uh, the the network of uh, Viasat or GoGo respectively. Um, uh, I think this is a unique point that we're definitely going to push forward. Um, and currently, we are in the in the short term, we are focusing on uh, unifying this uh, this portal experience or so the connectivity experience, getting onto the network uh, across our fleet, uh, focusing on the Air France uh, fleet uh, in in the coming year. Starting with the the A220 that uh, will will join in our fleet in uh, in, in this year, actually, uh, we recently launched connectivity on the, the on the European fleet for KLM. Uh, so our focus will be on first on rollout on the on the, on the short and medium haul fleet because we are not not that mature on that side yet. On long haul, extending it to 100% of our fleet so that all our passengers on our long haul flights can. Uh, can can use our network and and focus on this unified uh, uh, portal experience uh, for our passengers to to get online um, and obviously extending that to beyond the, the 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 connectivity portal because we built this in house to actually utilize the digital capabilities that we have I think as Air France KLM we are quite strong in terms of digital development I think we have good airline apps and our website is is is, is pretty advanced in terms of technology. And we try to utilize this and but also the, the backend systems to offer a seamless connected journey, whether you are still at the airport preparing for your flight or whether you're in the flight, uh, maybe preparing for your connecting flight if you transfer in Paris or in Amsterdam. Um, uh, and at the same time, be consistent in terms of the of, of user experience. So I, I think we've seen now this strategy being paid off. So it was kind of experimental in the, in the past years, to be honest. And we see this, this strategy to be payoff, so we're definitely gonna extend that uh, in in the years to come. Okay, just a reminder: if you have got any questions for Sam, please uh, submit those via the comments. Um, let me sort of carry on. Um, you, you you sort of talked to us a little bit about the roadmap. I mean, it's an obvious thing to say, but most industries have felt squeezed as a result of the pandemic. Um, are you uh, at this stage looking to scale up, pause, scale down? Um, your investments in connectivity as a result? How would you describe it, one of those three scenarios? Good good question. I think at the beginning of the pandemic, everything was kind of paused. And uh, I think all the parties in the market were looking, okay, what's going to happen and what are our options still? So at first, we definitely scaled down our efforts in terms of a rollout of connecting our fleet, uh, in terms of our own developments internally. Uh, but I think now uh, Air France KLM is really committed to our connectivity strategy. We really see it as a key product um, that we need to add to our to to our portfolio, and uh, also from a digital point of digital development point of view, to have this constant interaction with your customers is really critical. But up until now, the the moment that the passengers board on a on a flight and and leave the aircraft, that's kind of the gap in in the whole digital journey. Which we try to to fulfill, and uh, for sure, uh, we are committed to 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 make this work. And I think we scaled up our rollout again. Uh, we expect to be fully rolled out on our long haul fleet by the end of this year, uh, which is a, which which really gets uh, gets significant. Um, so um, I think we are currently scaling up again to answer your question completely. 
No, it's, it's good to hear. Um, it has has sort of connectivity may become more sort of important than ever in this. I mean, this new era that we're sort of going into. I mean, even you know, with all the vaccinations and the eventual return to normal life, um, has it sort of changed? You know, what airlines are going to do with sort of connectivity? I guess. Uh, yeah, I, th I think it. I think it definitely does. Uh, of course, um, most of the airlines are really cost-oriented uh, in 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 these times. Uh, but in in that sense, IFC is also a, a good enabler to to be efficient in terms of your operations, provide uh, actual last-minute passenger information to your passengers, but also to the passenger themselves to avoid queues on the airport, which is quite important in uh, in in. Uh, in a situation of pandemic, because you don't want crowd, unnecessary crowds at airports or whatsoever. Um, in that sense, I think definitely uh, we also see it in our figures because the uh, since since the COVID crisis started, the uptake of uh, of our products uh, is significantly higher. So it's either it's difficult to say, but it's either the the customer base that's slightly different or a definite definite higher interest in in staying connected with your loved ones. Um, but also for us as Air France KLM, it is an opportunity to inform the passengers about the health and safety measures uh, that are there for uh, during the flight, but also on their destination, for instance. Do you think we can have a non-connected airline now? I mean, is it simply something airlines, regardless of, um, you know, the current situation, you simply have to be connected now? It's, it's something that passengers are, are going to expect. Yeah, for sure. I think it's uh, I think it's unavoidable. Uh, frankly, I think uh, you see this much being much more dominant in the U.S. still compared to Europe, but it's it's picking up very very fast. We've seen the adoption rate of our connectivity products went up uh, significantly since the past two years, and it will only grow moving forward. That's uh, it's definitely sure. Okay, we we have a question coming. Before we we get to that question, I just want to. Just stay on that topic just for one final question. Um, we talked about that the last question about, um, yeah, it's something airlines need to do. But have sort of expe our expectations from passengers now, do you think, going to be much, much higher than maybe what they were 18 months ago before the pandemic? That when they get on an aircraft, they're expecting this to be infinitely better than, than what it was before? Yeah, I, I think that goes for the entire uh, uh, in-flight uh, products that we offer. I think the, the demand in terms of the health measures, but also in terms of safety measures, is is very critical. It's a key key point for our customers to to choose for a France KLM or choose for another airline instead. So uh, for us, it has been a, a huge focus to make sure we got this right, to make sure we take all the hygiene factors into account, to make sure everything is in place to 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 take them to the destination safely. Um, I think this is underlined by the the fact that we what have been awarded for uh, for being a best in class in terms of health and safety, uh, and I, also IFC takes a part in that. Uh, we recently launched a new feature to offer passengers uh, information for their destination, so we not just focus on your flight, but also beyond that, because we want you to be safe also after your your flight. And and, and this is kind of the, the relationship we as a brand try to make with our customers. And we use our, our in-flight connectivity portal for that. Okay, uh, we have our first audience question. Uh, please uh, 
please get, get them get get those questions in uh we've, we've still got a fair bit of time so get those questions in for sam and we'll try and get uh, get get through some of those may have to rephrase this one slightly i think i know what patrick means in the question he's asking about the unified platform between klm and air france in terms of connectivity um suppliers and um whether there are differences uh, whether the same whether it's a uniform approach um what can you tell us on that sam um not completely keen on what is meant with the question but what we try to do what we try to do so we work with with, with gogo with uh, i should say anuvu not global eagle anymore but i still need to get used to the new name we work with panasonic we work with viasat we work with imersat and safran we have uh, work with these parties because uh, because of different reasons uh, in combination with our fleet types we have a relatively diverse fleet across Air france and klm so on every every aircraft type we work with another partner almost um, and we've built this connectivity platform on top of their infrastructure to be consistent for for any for for any passengers so in terms of the ui and the ux it's the it's the same thing whether you fly on a gogo equipped aircraft or you fly on a uh, a viasat equipped aircraft it doesn't that doesn't really matter um and 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 we see that this is highly valued by our by our passengers so uh, we keep on continuing doing it and extend it in fact because we still have uh, other solutions running which we are slowly migrating to the same uh, to the, to the to, to the same solution for for all our fleet I hope this answers the question. I'll just follow up a little bit on that. It's an interesting question, but are there any sort of any sort of major differences between what, say, what Air France and KLM is doing? Um, frankly, there isn't in terms of uh, in terms of our unified uh, uh, connectivity platform. It, it it is generally this the same. Uh, we also, in terms of software development, develop one application for two airlines, which obviously also creates some efficiency gains. Which is very important in these times of uh, in these times of pandemic, uh, but also since we have a lot of transfer passengers that fly first uh, a stretch with uh, Air France and subsequently with KLM or the other way around. So also in that sense, it's good to be to be consistent. Uh, though on, also on Air France, we experimented with different things, working with an off-the-shelf portal solution from our connectivity provider and also a third-party solution. Um, and, but we are moving away from that strategy and focus on this unified portal everywhere. Uh, that's currently so. That's also our short-term roadmap. Uh, in fact, what I, what I touched upon earlier. Okay. Well, questions are coming in now. Um, the next question I think is a, a three-parter. So I'm going to see how we can do this. Let, let's ask the first part of this question, uh, which is kind of a good follow-on from I think the last one. And um, do you have an opinion on the? the adequacy of the service provided by the current IFC providers, for example, Viasat, Inmosat, Panasonic, I'm sure we could name one or two others, but uh, um, what, what's your thoughts? Are they, are they top of the class, um, mid, mid, middle of the class or trending downwards? Uh, well, I think there are different differences in 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 all of these these partners, and uh, working with all of them is really a pleasure because you learn a lot. <laughs> in all honesty, um, and they all have uh, the the things that are really excellent, and they all have things that they uh, are less good at compared to, compared to the others. Uh, I think it kind of comes down to. Um, like Viasat or Imasat, for instance, they own their own satellites, which makes it very scalable for them and 
uh, can provide a much more uh, bandwidth or at least scalable bandwidth at, at, at ease. Um, though Panasonic is by nature really a hardware uh, provider, so they're really good in terms of fleet maintenance and and, and that, those kind of support. So it's really comparing apples and oranges in that sense. And uh, uh, yeah, we try to pick uh, pick the best in class for depending on the fleet type. And just, a, I mean, a follow-on from that, and what what is the, I mean, the, the follow-up question is about what is the item that most needs to improve? I mean, you talked about latency earlier. We mentioned bandwidth speeds. Um, if there's one thing, I mean, I'm sure most of the, in fact, I'm sure all of the IFC providers are in the audience watching this. Um, if there's one, uh, if there's one thing from an airline perspective you feel that they really need to improve, or you, or has the most room for improvement, uh, what would you say it is? Yeah, but uh, I, I think it's uh, what I said earlier. I think the, the latency is really a key thing, which is quite a, a challenging subject in, in, in when using a GRU satellite network. Uh, but I think that really drives a lot of the perceived speed uh, um, for our customers. So I, I would say it's the, it's the, it's the latency. Very, very interesting uh, comments. Uh, there's a couple more questions here. We're, we're going to ask one about the next generation of connectivity, if we can get that one up on the screen. Thanks again, Patrick, for this question. Um, how do you anticipate the next generation of connectivity in the aircraft with IFE? Um, um, so, the, so you mean the connection between the IFE and the, and the connectivity, right? That's what. I'm. I'm not sh not sure. I guess. Um, I guess is what the next. Uh, and again, I'm I'm guessing here because I didn't ask the question, but uh, it, it sounds like the what the, the IFE experience with connectivity, what, what that what the next generation experience will be, um, you know, or what. What IFE 2.0 with connectivity looks like. I'm sorry, Patrick, if I've got your question completely wrong. But that's how I've I've read it. Um, well, yeah, I, I I do think it's really to get the IFE also connected. I think that's the, the the starting point, and this allows for, of course, interactions between your your personal device and the uh, and the seatback screen. Um, I think we we and for us this is really an interesting thing to follow because since we d develop our own platform. Uh, in terms of connectivity, we also enable ourselves to build interactions between the in-flight entertainment and and the um, uh, uh, and the and, and your own device, basically via the IFC. So yeah, you could think of many different use cases, like uh, ordering your meals and drinks via your own device. Could be a very interesting use case in, in pandemic times, uh, by the way. Uh, but also. Uh, think of second screen kind of uh, uh, functionalities that would be uh, would be of interest but uh, in all honesty we have done some a couple of uh, um, uh, tests ourselves with these kind of things to actually control your seatback IFE with your personal device uh, works uh, uh, really cool uh, but we are still um, looking into how make this how to make this scalable I just have a follow-up before we get to our next audience question. Um, it, to me, connectivity 1.0 was all about just getting connected, being able to to get online. Um, connectivity 2.0, and I go, I know I'm probably simplifying it far too much, 
but it, it, it's then sort of looking at the, the experience maybe in a more holistic way. Is that something as an airline that you're sort of very conscious of now that, that the connectivity alone is not enough and it's, you know, thinking about more and more things that you that you're going to look to do with it? Uh, most definitely and this is this is also one of the reasons why we built our connectivity platform ourselves because it enables us uh, to do much more than just getting people connected uh, we inform our passengers on their trip if they have connecting flights we inform them how much time do they have to transfer where do they need to go which is quite key since we operate via uh, Amsterdam and uh, 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 Paris as being our, our, our main hubs um, but also, uh, uh, in, in case of disruption, we offered our passengers the opportunity to rebook themselves uh, rather than staying uh, in a queue on the airport at the transfer desk to, uh, to, get a, to, to get on a new flight. So definitely it reaches much beyond uh, connectivity alone. Uh, and I think it also uh, ties into how do you enable the rest of your digital touch points to your passengers, like your your carrier app, for instance, or how do you serve your frequent flyer in a digital manner? So uh, for, from an airline perspective, it's really a uh, kind of a vehicle to, to stay connected with our passengers and for our passengers to stay connected with anyone they need. Okay, great. Uh, before I put the next question up, again, we've, we've only got a few minutes left now. So if you've got any questions for Sam um, on Air France KLM's connectivity strategy to submit those via the comment section uh, and we'll get to you. Thank you for all the questions we have so far. We have a question regarding the A220s. So if we can get this one up. Um, will the A220s enter service with connectivity active and which platform vendor will be used for that? Uh, I think it'll be rather short uh, on that. Yes, they will be um, uh, connected uh, from the from the start uh, when they enter into service. Um, and in terms of the platform vendor to be used for that, in terms of the connectivity platform, we use our in-house uh, connectivity platform for that to be consistent, as I mentioned earlier. And we work together with uh, GoGo Intelsat uh, to make it to make it work. Okay. Um, before I get to um, before I get to the follow-up question, I just want to talk about that Intelsat GoGo. That was a question I had, and and that was an interesting piece of consolidation that we we saw. Um, what are your thoughts on that, as well as vertical integration when serving customers like um, KLM? Um, yeah, I think vertical integration in 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 IFC world is definitely of value. I think you see what I mentioned earlier the the, the uh, benefits for Viasat and Immersat is that they own their own satellite network. And now with GoGo being uh, uh, merged with, uh, with Intelsat, I think they have the same opportunity to provide much more bandwidth and uh, probably at a, at a, at a better rate. Uh, so in that sense, I think it's good, but also for airlines themselves, it, it is important to consider a small piece of vertical integration in this chain. Of course, uh, we should not uh, dive into the, the satellite network business ourselves, but what we did with building our own connectivity platform is also kind of virtual, virtual, vertical integration, enabling us to be uh, to provide this consistent experience everywhere. Okay. Um, 
I think we have a follow-up question to the Connectivity 2.0, so we'll uh, get this one up. Uh, the Connectivity 2.0 concept, are customers asking for more than just connectivity, or is it the airlines vendors trying to force additional services onto the platform in hopes of gaining greater ad um, advertisement and marketing revenue? Interesting question. What are your thoughts on that one? Uh, in all honesty, I think it's both, um, but I see it more as a, not trying to force uh, 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 commercial offerings to our customers, but more experimenting with different things and see where the interest is. So in our development approach, we always try to start small, test something, put it into the market, see if 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 passengers are interested and how many how much conversion we have, and then we either kill it or or continue and expand the uh, the, the offering. Uh, but I, I think especially in terms of airline servicing, this is quite a critical part. And it's not just it's not just the airline forcing it on the customers, but it helps them to be more at ease. Uh, imagine you step on a flight in New York flying via Amsterdam to Berlin, as an example. And if you notice that, the, that your flight is delayed and you might not make your connection, you would be stressed for nine hours. So it is quite key if we can inform you already don't worry we rebooked you proactively to the next flight you will get there uh, at your destination at time x i think this is quite an important factor for our, for our passengers as well so especially on the servicing part it's uh, it's, it's it's a critical uh, critical enabler has, has what's happened over the last sort of 18 months made you look at sort of connectivity with like a a real like fresh pair of eyes and and is there an example of maybe of something that you're doing completely differently than perhaps than, than what you did before um well yeah yeah and i th i think it, it's mainly that uh, we also kind of touched base and said okay let's rethink our strategy in the beginning of COVID, and uh, we decided to simplify things much more so rather than having three different portals out there we converged them all to one uh, uh simplify it in terms of the functionalities that we offer and also focus more on the quality of the connectivity uh, itself so we're really going to focus in the coming years on on getting the the quality up improving the hardware configurations we have on parts of our fleet uh, make sure the expectations are on par across all those different providers that we work with um, so really focus on those basics so keep things simple i think that's the learning for us uh, uh, over the, the time of this pandemic. Right, we have another audience question. We only have a few, literally only a few minutes left now. So uh, please, any final questions uh, to Sam, uh, please get them across and we'll try and try and get any last minute questions in. Um, <laughs> and again, this has been a big topic throughout the event. Um, do you think free IFC is the ultimate goal for an airline? And what was an acceptable cost for a uh, per passenger for an airline be uh, one euros five euros ten euros where, where do you stand on that whole quote unquote free what airlines should charge debate well i think free ifc is uh, at least for me not a goal in itself but i think it's definitely the expectation of our customers in uh, in a couple of years from now so i think it's unavoidable uh, that we will move in that direction um, but I think the, the return on investment is maybe not so much in terms of direct revenue on IFC, but also to, to, to have recurring passengers. If they love to fly Air France or KLM because we have a great service and, and, and free Wi-Fi at some point is part of that, uh, I think that's, a, that's a, a, a profit on itself. 
And um, I think we started our journey by offering a, a free messaging pass to our customers as a start, and obviously balancing uh, the the cost and the um, and offering a product for free with the the customer satisfaction rate attached to that is is kind of a balancing act that we try to play. Uh, over the coming years, we will probably extend that uh, that free Wi-Fi roadmap to to bigger uh, passenger groups um, and see where it gets us. But we take a very how, how do you say that experimental or, or explorative approach in that? So we try different groups and see what it, what it does. And to answer the last part of the question, uh, honestly, I don't know exactly what would be an acceptable cost per passenger uh, because it's unclear. And like I said, we would like to figure out in real life what value we gain out of it. And uh, I think that you can only do that by by trying it. Okay. I mean, ne I mean, uh, next year we're we're also hoping to have this event in person. Fingers crossed. Where where do you think? Uh, I mean, Air France KLM will be with its connectivity strategy in twelve months' time. If we were sort of doing a sort of a fireside chat with you, maybe in person, or even if we have to still do it digitally, where 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 might you be? Where do you where do you think you will be in terms of your connectivity roadmap in twelve months' time? um yeah in fact uh i hope to be uh, with you next to an actual fire site <laughs> in that uh, in a year from now but uh, in terms of our connectivity roadmap i think we will be quite advanced there in our unified connectivity platform and portal strategy and we will have significantly improved the the, the quality of experience of our connectivity across our fleet i think that's the that will be the main the main achievements in a year from now and, uh, and like I said, the rollout will on, our, on our intercontinental fleet will be close to 100%, which is uh, quite an uh, important milestone for us. Okay, and just sort of final question or so. What, what is the number? I mean, we've talked about technology. We've talked about business models. We've talked about latency, connectivity 2.0. What, what is the main major obstacle, major challenge for you, Sam, as you see it to uh, to be successful with your with your connectivity strategy? What's the number one you know, challenge or technology obstacle that you feel that you that you you as an airline need to overcome to be successful. Um, yeah, I, th I think what I mentioned earlier, balancing balancing uh, the the user experience with uh, let's say um, uh, affordable cost. I think that's that's one of the the biggest challenges. But in terms of uh, uh, product development, the, I think the biggest challenge is still that is quite difficult to see what's happening on board. Uh, we really focus on, on what our users and what our crew is saying about our, our product, but it's very tricky since we have, uh, let's say, many instances of the same software running in every single aircraft, uh, which is totally different than uh, doing traditional software development, if you put it like that. Uh, I think that's, uh, that's, that's, that's a, that remains a challenge to keep eyes on what's happening on board of our fleet and improve that uh, step by step. Okay, well, we're just about out of time. So what I would like to do is I would like to say a big thank you for Sam for ending Connected Aviation Intelligence on a high note. For the final time, I would like to thank our sponsors, SES, Intelsat, and Comtex Icon for their support. It is truly appreciated. Without the support of the community and these sponsors, we cannot do an event like this. So thank you very much. I would like to thank the aerospace team at Access Intelligence for their help in putting on this great event. I would like to thank Woodrow Bellamy, Abby Provost, Brian Nesson, Joe Milroy, Dave Sheehan, Beth Wagner, Jessica Davis, and Jennifer Swart 
Schwartz. It really is a team effort and a lot of work goes on behind the scenes in order to make an event like this happen. As we talked earlier, uh, earlier in the event, we also have some exciting re news regarding our ninth annual Connected Aviation Intelligence event for 2022. We are planning to resume this as an in-person event, which is super exciting for us and hopefully for the community too. It will take place in the Washington DC area, June 1 through June 3 at the Hyatt Regency uh, Reston. So we are looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. This event has been great. What is clear is that airlines are still bullish about connectivity. And while it's clearly a fiscally restrained environment, the importance of connectivity is more important than ever. We live in a connected world, whether on the ground or in the air. There is no going back from this. The developments in satellite technology also point to an exciting future. And the statements made by the LEO operators were definitely some of the most interesting, dare I say it, provocative that we heard this week. It'll be interesting to see how others respond. I would like to end uh, by saying I'd like to wish everybody a safe and prosperous second half of the year. We know that COVID has impacted everyone, both professionally and per personally, and we have been challenged like never before. We do great work in this community, and flying is often about bringing people together, bringing families and loved ones together. I wish you all well, and we look forward to the day when this industry returns to happier times. So until the next event, I say farewell, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. Thank you. So that brings us to the end of this episode. As always, please subscribe to us on Apple's podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Woodrow Bellamy III. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Global Connected Aircraft Podcast.